Hey, Peter. Hey. You know what we're talking about today? Um, I'm going to make a suggestion that we talk a little bit about this. Is that cool? It's going to have to be. Okay. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today, sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com for a deeper dive on all the things we're talking about <laughs> Oh, today. it's back. Yeah, it's back. I love it. I love it. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Good to see you. Yeah, <laughs> Full disclosure, we've had a couple of miscues. We've had a over few the... <laughs> drinks, folks. <laughs> we probably, that would have helped us. But no, we've had a few miscues. But this is always important part of the creative process, right? And for those of you that weren't here in the studio, which is... Everybody except for producer, producer Caleb. Caleb. Big yeah. shout out to producer Caleb. Please uh, like and subscribe to this if you want to see producer Caleb Cam come back. We do Caleb need Cam. a producer Caleb producer Cam. We Cam. need to be innovative. Right. Yeah. Right, right. But um, yeah, you know, sometimes we will come up with different subjects for this podcast. Look, we've done over 1,100 episodes at this point. Did you know that? I know. It's yeah, we've done a, quite a few episodes. So in order to delight... And inspire and educate and erudiate. Erudiate? We don't Rudiate? know. <laughs> it sounds, Did you make that up just now? <laughs> sounds good. Um, our dear listeners. To erudiate. To erudiate. The, the rudiments of erudiation. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it takes a little something. Not much, but we don't always have it, to be <laughs> honest. We think we do. And so sometimes it's, a, it's just like when you're working on a solo. You know, like you're playing and you're like, is this a good idea? Nah. Oh, this is good. I'm going to go, nah. yeah. And then all of a sudden a couple choruses have gone by. And sometimes you spend a lot of time <laughs> that's on right. that solo. And you're like, at the end of it, you're like, yeah. So that's kind of what happened today. We've gone through several iterations of this episode. And believe it or not, we've gone all the way from Joe Zavinol yeah. all the way to Giant Steps. Yep. To where we've landed on, but sometimes that's part of the creative process. Hey, right? man, it's just the journey. It's yeah. just the journey. You're gonna break a few eggs and make that omelet, baby. Well, what we were trying to do is problem solve, right? We have an idea, and we're not really sure how to get there. And yep. really, that's what this whole episode is going to be about: is problem solving. Yeah. And you might not think of giant steps as a problem solving tool, right? But it 100 is. So, yep. for those of you who don't know, John Coltrane's Giant Steps is kind of like this benchmark that happens for players. Sorry, that's a little bit of weather report here because I'm bringing up giant steps. Uh, I want to listen to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's a benchmark that happens in a lot of modern players, and and we don't need to do video on this at all, but we can just listen to it a little bit to hear yep. how it sounds. Uh, I stiffen up a little bit just hearing it because yeah. I'm like, pay attention, be on your A game, right? So it's from his album, Giant Steps. And you might notice that it's got a very jagged sound. Like it, it sounds, not only is it a fast tempo, but it sounds like it's moving in very giant steps, which yeah. it is. And most of our listeners probably know, but if you don't know, what's happening here is it's going through, it's moving through three different keys. And those keys are a major third away from each other, which happens to be symmetrical. So it moves from the key, through the keys of B, E flat, and G, right? And so that creates an augmented triad. And if you were to do another major third up from G, you go back to B. So it's this cycle of these three keys in major third. Famously, okay, for, for, so hold on a second. Yeah. Game changer. I did not know that. 
Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> this is why we do the pod, bro. Are you, wait. No, I didn't know. You're I not mean, kidding. I know the chords, but I never like realized that it was all major thirds away. So wait, so wait. You're saying it starts in B, right? But then it goes to G. <laughs> He's so delighted. The, the delightful look on your face. I can't believe it. Dude, there it. is much I don't know. You didn't first. know that it's an exercise to now, get through major thirds in this augmented No, triad? not only did I know, know it, I still don't understand it. Please <laughs> educate me. Damn, this is going to be a great episode. Okay, now. The name of this episode no, no, is now, Adam Reacts now to Peter's we've got Ignorance. Something. Now we've got New something. title, Caleb. <laughs> Adam Reacts to Peter's Ignorance. No, but I mean, what do you mean? So it starts on B. What do you mean? What do I just, mean, Just teach it to me. Don't make me feel bad about it. So how does it I play the first phrase? I can play it. How, where? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so this is what. So oftentimes, I when we teach here at Open Studio, <laughs> people get really hung up on. Theory. I thought you were gonna say like, this is why oftentimes I Adam take the lead on teaching. No, 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 because no. I understand this shit. No, our <laughs> students at Open Studio can sometimes get hung up on theoretical concepts, and yeah. I say like. It doesn't matter. A lot of the greatest players, your favorite players, probably don't think about things in these theoretical terms that you're trying to analyze this in. Like the analysis is just gravy. But this is interesting. It and is, this is important, I, I have the feeling. Well, is it? You can, I've heard you shred on this song and you didn't know this. No, but that's also like saying, oh, this drummer is so amazing. He can't even read music. It's like, yeah, but it would certainly enhance things if they did. They can still do interesting things. Okay, well, for... Those of, I'm sure everybody does know this, but for those of you who don't know, including my illustrious... What's the, what, what, what is the term? Um, I've forgotten more than I've ever learned. That's right. You know, maybe it's that kind of thing. So Giant Steps uh, takes you through three different keys, yeah. and they're all a major third away from each other. So B, a major so it third... starts on B. Yeah. Got that. And then it goes straight to G, which is a major third down, and then it goes straight to E flat, which is a major third down. Oh. And then if you were to take that even further, you would go another major third down to B. And those are the three keys in the entire tune, right? Oh, so you're talking like five to one, five to one. Yeah, because it's it's B, then it's a five one to G, then it's a five one to E flat, and then it's a two five one to G, five one to E flat, five one to B. And then what happens here? Two five to E flat. Right. Two five to G. Two five to B. Two five to E flat. So you're saying going down to major thirds. It goes up and down. It goes up right. and down. I just saw the cycles through. Yeah, it cycles through in major thirds. Because I'm seeing that, like, as soon as you said it, and I finally kind of got it. It's like okay, this is so great. By the B way, I'm <laughs> loving this so much. Go you ahead. like this content? Yeah, yeah. Like and subscribe for more content. Okay, so B, I would say now E flat going up, right? So we're starting on B. I'm thinking going up. The next one is going to be E flat, right? Going up in major thirds. What are you talking about? You said it's based from the upon beginning. going down. Yeah, from the beginning. Well, it, it cycles around in major thirds, but it goes up and down, I believe. Right. Yeah. But this is the way I'm seeing it. Maybe it's another way of going up. So B major, E flat major. Yeah, but there's a whole key of G in between those well, two. Well, yeah, but I'm trying to go with the thing. And then and now we're G major. Yeah. Now we're B major. Yeah, but there's a whole key of E flat between those two. Well, it's going it's just down. a different way of looking at it, man. So. You say potato, I say potato. <laughs> You're skipping over an entire key center. <laughs> well, because I was ignorant to this one element, I got to find a more complicated way to look at it. Okay. Isn't that what theory is? Yeah. Yeah. What are you looking at? Uh, hi, sir. Can we help you? Yeah. We're, yeah. Doing a, we're, actually <laughs> yeah, doing we're a recording podcast a podcast. Right yeah. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> uh, okay. Was, uh, just had a little guest here. Uh, that was awesome. I wonder if he knows that it's a major third. We should have asked him. Hey, do you know that Giant Steps moves around? Randy, actually, said, I do know that guy. So oh, good. do you know that yeah, guy? Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, um, so got it. So uh, B major, yeah. G major, E flat. Yeah. But then how do you, what, what is this then? G major, E flat, B. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's the good. same three keys. That's so cool. B major, G, and E flat. Those are the only keys we're dealing with in Giant Steps. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, so did you know, did you also know this happens in Have You Met Miss Jones? The same concept in the bridge. What you mean? <laughs> Yeah. So it starts the the bridge of Have You Met Have You Met Miss Jones is the key of F. It goes to the four chords. Yeah. In, four chord in the bridge B flat goes down and a then major third. down a major third yes. two five to that B flat I did know. two five to D and then back to G flat and then up, up. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. that's what Giant Steps is. It's it's a basically John Coltrane wrote himself in etude in how to manage this major third harmonic shift yeah so this is something that i know jeffrey keiser's talked about but like it's a composition technique wait keiser knows this <laughs> keiser knows everything <laughs> uh, it's uh you and this is a common thing you can move around in major thirds you can also move around in minor thirds yeah there's another way to do this so if you can if you were in the key of say b right you can a flat is an option and then from there yeah that's uh hey it's me you're talking to right the from F to the key of D to the key of B to the key of A flat. It's these symmetrical ways of moving through changes. So yeah. that's what Giant Steps is. So I guess what we're talking about today is, you know, John Coltrane probably saw this problem. Why does why is the bridge to tunes like Have You Met Miss Jones and other tunes that use this major third movement, why is it so challenging to switch keys? Because it's a drastic change. The key of B major is very different from the key of G major. Right. It's very different from the key of E flat. There's some common tones, but not a lot. No. It's not like going to the four chord. There's a lot of just intrinsic um, drama, you know, kind of uh, tonic drama that that's is right. built into that that's, that's super great. Can I just throw one thing in there? Because I'm starting yeah. to... I, I'm, I can I'm, see the wheels turning. No, no, no. Yeah. You know what's great about this? I think... This is so great to watch you <laughs> discover this. This is amazing. <laughs> um, you know... There's different ways to learn things. We all know that. But I think this is a great example of this. And because eventually it's not that it's like, oh, you're either thinking about the theory, which when we talk about theory, that's really just the underpinnings. Like the, you know, like if you rip a building apart, what the structure of it that you don't see behind the sheetrock and the paint and the yeah. posters or whatever, like what's kind of holding it together, what stays the same, even if there's a remodel where you're like, wow, is this a new building? No, it's like the structure's still there. Yeah, well, the theory is actually, what the theory actually is, is, hey, why does everybody like that building? Yeah, <laughs> What's right. up with that building? Yeah, what's worth like It's tearing, already built. Yeah. It's already great. Yeah, why are we not tearing it down and building something new? Why are we keeping yeah. that? You know, yeah. So it's like the theory is that it's not the surface stuff around no. on the outside probably. But, you know, just like with architecture, there's different ways to explain that. If you look at it from the side, if you look at it from above, like on a drone, if you look at it from the bottom, if you look at the proportions or whatever. And so for me, the way that I've always thought about this tune, as opposed to obviously that, because I didn't know what that was, you know, with this major thirds thing, is the movement of the root, right? Yeah. And what that shape is and what those intervals are, minor third, perfect fourth, minor third, perfect fourth. Yeah. Right? Like, so that's the pattern because I think a lot of times theory we get caught up in like explaining things, which it is, is very useful for and should be used for. But there's also like just the, the pattern recognition, which is like the application of the theory to being able to play over it, right? Yeah. Like, are you recognizing the patterns as you're playing it, as you're listening to it, after you've heard it, as you're looking at it? There's all different ways to do that. But then how are you going to kind of, you know, get that to the point where you've sort of memorized that you know it it's part of you you know like when we talk about the form of a tune that's like the biggest sort of pattern recognition you like like um like you said have you met miss jones 
you know, what is the root movement? What is there with the right. pattern? There's the number of bars. That's the simple part of it. It's eight bars or whatever. But when is it moving? What What are the signposts? It's amazing to hear you talk about this. And I, I hope I, I hope it doesn't come across that I'm trying to shame you for not understanding that. <laughs> oh, because I, I just want to make it very clear. Peter, I've heard you several times just completely shred on this tune way more than I could ever hope to. And it's like, it's just a, another lesson of like, we probably don't have to overthink these things as much as we think we do, as right. far as like understanding what it all means or whatever. Understanding the physical embodiment of how, like you said, you know, the big motions and, and just finding your own way to it. That's, that's yeah. what an etude is. That, I'm sure that's why John Coltrane wrote this, is trying to find his way to it. And he certainly found something and with what it. what a cool like thing when there's multiple different, lenses with which you can look at yeah. it like like there's a prism and it's like all these different ways and what we're really talking about is like just that basic theoretical way of explaining the relationships of the harmony we're not even really talking about rhythm or like the timing no, of what these which is important as well because it right, happens right. very fast but i think what it does maybe and I, not, I don't want to totally commit to this and be dogmatic but i think it is important to have some kind of theoretical understanding and way into you know, way in like a, an entry point. Well, it makes it to feeling the tune. You know, it also it makes it recreatable, right? Yeah. If you understand, oh, this is the major third thing, you can apply similar concepts if you have to deal with it yeah. in other situations. Which I'm sure this is what etudes are. Yeah. Etudes, they what they're they're problem solving blueprints that that musicians write usually for themselves or for their students on how to get over a common occurrence. And right. in this case, it is a fairly common occurrence for a key change to happen in major thirds, in minor thirds, things like that. Yep. And how do we as improvisers approach that in a smooth way? You mentioned the the root Ooh. movement, the changes, you know, B and then D7 to G and then B flat five 7 one, to five E flat. One. But, you know, listen to the bass line. Here. Right, right. Right, it's... And that's something I didn't realize. So this bass line in the head moves down in whole steps. Yep. Right? It's D over A that they're playing. And then it's G major. Then it's B flat over F, right? With the five of the bass. Then E flat. That's something I didn't hear right. until Jeffrey Keezer made that point in one of our open studio videos, right? right? So there's all this cool thing. So that, should we be looking at explaining, theorizing about the chord changes as B major, A minor, six? Well, that's what Jeffrey Keezer was saying. Major. That's what Jeffrey was saying. It's yeah. like, he says, when, you know, for me, it simplifies it to think about. B major and then A minor seven because A minor Dorian is the same as D seven. Yeah, it's all the same stuff, right? The two is just the five. And if you do that, first of all, it's not exactly the same, maybe as I would do if I were yeah. doing B flat seven, but B flat seven. But it is an interesting sound. Yeah, like it is a sound that works really well and gets you, you know, especially if a bass player is doing like this thing, it yeah. gets you a sus sound, right? You can get more of right. those sort of like suspended sounds, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, I think about like, I guess because my reference point and wow, it's so important to like, what is your original reference point? You know, what, what do they say? A first impression yeah. is so important. You know, you, you, you nothing like the first impression. So because I kind of learned that at least the first part of Coltrane sold the first chorus pretty early on upon like learning this. Yeah. Story. By the way, this is a very common like transcription. A lot of musicians. Yes. Again, write a passage kind of thing. Yeah. And because that outlines very like... course he's not playing the bass line but you're here you know you're thinking about that as a pianist so like well what is that exactly that he's playing because he's playing continual 16th notes outlining very right. specifically yeah. so he's doing one two three five 
one, two, three, five, one, yeah, two, I believe three, so. Five. That's how I remember. Yeah. So even that, like, it's really cool the way that it's constructed and put together because it doesn't sound cookie cutter, but on the kind of micro level, it feels... It's like, what? That doesn't sound as hip as... Of course, he gets into a lot more stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I think that's, you know, to the point of, like, an etude and why I would say that this is a great etude is because it forces you to be able to navigate these specific changes and, as we all know, these three specific tonic areas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) But it also, like... It forces you to some of the more traditional things that we think about classical etudes doing, say, for a pianist, yeah. which is technical stuff, it's right? So it's like, big, how do you, technical yeah, how do you yeah. play a line, especially fast, hopefully you're practicing it slow too, that is over quickly changing, whether you know the chords or not, or like what the relationships are, like how do you construct a line, whether you're doing it kind of Coltrane style, where it's like you're you're putting a cohesive line together and you're breathing in between, but it's like just a flurry of notes yeah. that go through all the chord changes with a lot of triadic stuff, a lot of like up to the ninths and things like that, but be able to play that without having to just kind of go back to your normal, like, well, this is comfortable. Because there's nothing comfortable on this for any instrument. It yeah. moves too fast, it the chords. It moves chorus. too fast. And you can't even be like... Because you're already off the chord if you just stay at one note. So like, what would be the most comfortable thing you could do? Maybe... Yeah, you know, and some some context to this as well. This album, Giant Steps. This isn't the only tune where this is an etude. Famously, Countdown oh, right. is on this album. Also, it's the which is a contrafact of of tune up. Yeah, which might be a contrafact of something else actually. Yeah. but Miles Davis's tune up is a two five to D, and then a two five to C, and then a two five to B flat. So C minor seven seven. So John Coltrane took that and did the same thing he did with Giant Steps. We're going to move this through uh, that major third. So that E minor 7, that's the key of D. That's the 2 in the key of D. Then immediately the F7, 5 in the key of B flat, a major third down. And then G flat major. G flat. And then back to D major. And then it does the whole thing down a whole step. Down a whole step, exact same. Going down in... uh, Major thirds. Sorry, I was wrong. So beautiful. Also on the same album is Central Park West. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Naima is on this record, Naima, yeah. which doesn't go through uh, this major third thing. But Central Park West is another yeah. ballad. I think that's from Coltrane. Is it on? Sure. On Giant Steps? I don't yeah. think it is. Yeah. Well, Central Park that. West. Um, no, okay, so while you're looking up that, I'll just say this. It's, it's, it's really fun to kind of be able to maybe kind of figure out different ways of looking at this. It's like when you understand why, when you peel back those layers and start to see this and be like, oh, yes, of course this makes sense. It's it's really can be a revelation in terms of like how you highlight that. You don't have to be like super overt about it or whatever. But like if you're thinking about these different areas that you play, because one thing I've always thought about on this tune is like you've got to find some kind of entry point to make this tune make sense on more than just a chord by chord level. And I think that's why some people struggle with it, talking about giant steps still. Um, 
and and that is that Coltrane he gives the impression that that's the way he's playing, yeah. But he's actually not, like he understands it so well that he can go through and like yeah. so, kind of compress things in a way that makes you think, wow, he's thinking about each chord as it goes by. He's so far beyond yeah. that, you know. That don't don't you know don't get it twisted as they say. Central Park West is on Coltrane Sound. Which also has the tune Satellite, which is just How High the Moon with Coltrane changes on it as well. So, And and just to be clear on this, too, for Giant Steps and for Countdown and for, I don't know about Central Park West, but he never played those songs live. He never performed them in a concert. No. Interesting. This was just a phase he yeah. was going through and, and getting through. etudes. Yeah, you, there's no live recordings. Apparently, he never performed it in a concert. Giant wow. Steps. Yeah. Okay. So that just shows you what he thought of it. He thought of it, I think, more as this artistic statement, this exercise to get him someplace. And then after Coltrane's sound, the album, he kind of abandoned this whole mm-hmm. this whole idea of these harmonic movements in thirds. Like It was yeah. a major part of his development, obviously. He yep. was into it for a couple of years yep. and then went on to that to that great quartet. Yep. And they didn't really do that stuff. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You never hear no McCoy Tyner plays Giants stuff. No. I bet he could. I bet he could. But he killed it. Yeah. yeah. I th- he might have recorded it later, actually. Right. I think McCoy did do a version of it. So speaking of things that might have happened, let's move on to things that must happen. Okay. You know what I'm going to say? I do. I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say. Just as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, just as Peter wakes up not knowing something about Giants stuff yet learns it, we ask that you, our dear listener, uh, no, we don't ask. We used to ask. Now we demand. Yeah, which is a no, little, we don't even it's demand. Aggressive. We're somewhere it's in between aggressive. asking and demand. We expect. We expect. We deserve. Yeah, we deserve. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, no, we we would like to ask that you. All we're asking is that you hold up your end of the bargain. Dear What's listener. the bargain, Peter? What do they get in return? They get this wonderful podcast, and they've gotten to this point, so they got to be educated. They got to be uh, entertained. You know, we do the pod for free, but it's not totally for free. It seems like it's for free because there's no payment in advance. Now's the time to pay. All you got to do is go to YouTube, search, you'll hear it, and then fulfill your part of the agreement, which is to subscribe. Give a little subscription. Also, go ahead and put in the comment section, agreement adhered to. Agreement right adhered there. to, which folks have been doing. I know. It's this so great to fun. see. Yeah. And we apologize. We're important, busy jazz musician. We can't respond to everybody, right? We haven't been. Maybe we should start doing that. But I don't want to be like. Is that part of the agreement, though? But then it doesn't seem like it's like it's required. You know, yeah. it's just like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're doing our part, and we appreciate all of you that have done it. The channel's growing. But uh, when you get a chance, please adhere to the agreement, like, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. You'll hear it.